Welcome to Live, Laugh, Talk. I'm James Graham, and I'm your host, overjoyed to be with you today. In our episode, we're going to start with a topic entitled Artificial Intelligence. Certainly, we're hearing a lot about it. Let's delve into it and see if we can get some understanding. Then we will transition to our segment, How Did We Get Here?, followed by our hobbies and special interest section. And then we'll conclude with our happy note for the day, our sunflower message. If you have anything on your mind that you'd like to discuss, or if you have some ideas that you would like to share, please email us at admin at livelaughtalk.com. There we can take those ideas and put them to good use. Also, if you're listening on Spotify, you can add a voice memo as well as comments and participate in our poll, whether it's a new idea or you just want to go in with certain episodes and say a little bit about those. We'd love to hear it. And wherever you listen to the podcast, please follow us so you'll be notified of the new episodes when they're released. In addition, we want to make sure that you get some of those t-shirts, tote bags, coffee mugs, and other items by going to Etsy.com and searching for How Did We Get Here? There you will find lots of swag. The topic that we will begin with is entitled Artificial Intelligence. There's no doubt that we're hearing a lot today about artificial intelligence. First of all, let's talk about what artificial intelligence is. Artificial intelligence, or AI, is a branch of computer science that focuses on creating machines and systems that can perform tasks that typically require human intelligence. Some of these include problem solving, learning from experience, understanding natural language, recognizing patterns, and making decisions. The aim is to replicate or simulate human cognitive functions in computer systems, enabling them to perform tasks autonomously or assist humans in various domains, such as machine learning, natural language processing, computer vision, and robotics. AI has a wide range of applications, virtual assistants like Siri and chatbox to self-driving cars and medical diagnosis systems. And when we think about that, what would we do today without Alexa or Siri? They seem to make decisions for us nowadays. If you have Alexa, you can make orders and shopping lists, have things delivered to your door without ever lifting a finger. With Siri, you can talk to her like a human being, get ideas, get jokes, and even hear her sarcasm. I remember when talk-to-text technology was a joke. Now, 
They are perfectly transcribed. There's so many other advantages of AI. Let's discuss some of these. Automation. Yes, AI can automate repetitive and mundane tasks, freeing up human workers to focus on more creative and strategic activities. We see that today in the automotive world, also in anywhere that there is an assembly line. There's automation throughout. Inefficiency. AI systems can process vast amounts of data quickly and accurately, leading to improved decision-making and resource allocation. They're also available 24-7. You never see a machine that gets tired. So these AI-powered applications and chatbots can provide round-the-clock customer support and service. And when we talk about chatbots, that's probably somewhat new to some of you. But there's things like ChatGPT that allows individuals to put in a particular subject and it'll define it for them. It'll also write reports if necessary so that you can understand, so you can analyze what's being asked. It's personalization. Yes, AI can analyze user data to offer personalized recommendations and experiences, which enhances our user satisfaction. As mentioned with Siri or Alexa, they get to know what you like to order or what it is that you like to listen to. They begin to offer suggestions. They'll see something on sale. And Alexa will notify you, hey, this item that you were thinking about before, it's on sale. Siri would say she can play a playlist of music based on your prior listening preferences. So yes, this data can be personalized to you, making life easier. Also for businesses, it can reduce operational costs, automate tasks, optimize processes. It can easily scale to handle increased workloads without any significant additional resources. Its algorithms can perform complex calculations and data analysis much faster and with fewer errors than with humans. We see AI helping us in diagnosing diseases, analyzing medical images, and developing personalized treatment plans. It can forecast trends, help businesses make informed decisions, and anticipate future needs. Back in the day, we used to have to guess and hope and wish, but now AI gives us the analytics we need. It's enhancing safety. It's used in autonomous vehicles. General Motors has a, a video or a commercial, I should say, was also a video, you can see it on YouTube and other places, where people are driving down the, the street, clapping their hands. Hands are not on the steering wheel anymore. You also have drones and surveillance systems that improve safety and security. And I tell you, 
if you can't speak a particular language and you're standing there in front of someone and you need a translator, nothing like the AI-powered phones and chatbots and language models that enable more human-like interactions and assist with language translation. It's been used in environmental needs, such as optimizing energy usage, improving resource management, and aiding in environmental monitoring and conservation efforts. Yes, even in entertainment and creativity. AI can generate art, can make music and literature, enhance the gaming industry through procedural content generation, can assist individuals with disabilities, enabling speech recognition, text-to-speech, and other accessibility features. There have been those who are paralyzed from the neck down, but are able to use AI technology in order to speak to others. All of that is wonderful. And we see it today in our day-to-day lives. But just like a knife, a knife can be used for the good. We can use it to cut our vegetables, cut our steak. But it can also be used to kill somebody. So, too, with AI, it's important to note that While there are many benefits, there are also ethical, privacy, and security concerns that need to be addressed as all of this continues to advance. There's drawbacks and challenges as well. Even in our movies, AI can be scary. Remember the movie Terminator? Now that's frightening. Here you have computers taking over the world. iRobot was another movie. And recently, Megan has brought negative thoughts of artificial intelligence. There's also mention of AI in writers and actors strike. Why? What are the drawbacks? Well, let's start at a really big one. AI systems can inherit biases present in their training data, which could lead to unfair or discriminatory outcomes, especially in areas like hiring, lending, or law enforcement. Why? How can this be? Well, AI bias occurs because human beings choose the data that algorithms use and also decide how the results of those algorithms will be applied. Without extensive testing and diverse teams, it's easy for unconscious biases to enter a machine and that machine to learn from that. Then AI systems automate and perpetuate those biased models. Now that's a shame. It's bad enough that human beings teach others to have bias. 
but now it's being taught into the very computers that are running the world. Another drawback is job displacement. Automation driven by AI that we talked about earlier can also lead to job displacement in certain industries. We talked about the auto industry and factories using AI and machines. See, that could disrupt the economy, causing unemployment, leading people to living without employment or jobs being hard to find, we should say. There's also privacy concerns. AI can be used to process and analyze vast amounts of personal data. What about your individual privacy? What about your data security? Because all of us are on computers or phones. And I just mentioned how Alexa and Siri begin to learn what you like, what you want, what you observe. All of that is right there handy for a hacker or some other entity. Then there's also the morally questionable way, such as deep fake creation. That's when they can take your face or even your body type and make it look as though you committed a crime. Or autonomous weapons. All of this raises ethical concerns. Yes, it was those autonomous weapons used in the movie Terminator, right? Then there's the lack of transparency. See, those like deep neural networks are so complex and not so easily interpretable that make it a challenge to understand what their decision-making process is. We need to have transparency when we're talking about computers taking over the world. And what about that safety we mentioned earlier? How the AI systems can make things safe for us? maybe even reliable? Well, ensuring that these systems operate safely is a significant challenge. And it's especially significant in critical applications like autonomous vehicles. Like us talking about the commercials, where people are riding down the street clapping their hands, hands not being on the steering wheel. And critical applications like healthcare, that's a challenge. These are serious safety issues. I've always wondered if you have an autonomous vehicle, and it is said in the vehicles that can go a certain amount of miles autonomously, that the driver must be alert. But what happens in those cases, and there have been those in the news, where people have fallen asleep behind the wheel or just planned on taking a nap while the car drives itself to work. How are we going to handle situations like that? How are you going to handle it if someone's inebriated and their car is driving them home? Because the law says that if you're behind the wheel of that vehicle, 
that you are responsible. Hmm. Also, training advanced models of artificial intelligence can be intensive and energy consuming. It could also contribute to environmental concerns. And as it becomes more pervasive, there's a risk of people becoming overly dependent on AI systems and a potential decline in certain job skills. Well, how can we say this? Well, as we mentioned earlier with chatbots, well, if you have those chatbots, you're in school. Maybe you use it to write your reports. There's a famous athlete that is said to have used it as an apology to his team. See, no more are things heartfelt. No more are things coming from the person themselves. Even writers have been accused of this. There is actually an application that's out right now that can not only write a podcast on any subject, but it can also use a voice machine to sound like the person that's used on their podcast. Now, I don't know why anyone would want to sound like me. I'm not even a fan of my own voice. But there's an application that I could download that will write my podcast and speak it for me. I don't have to do a thing. Now, what happens with those job skills there? And also, is that really ethical? You see, that's why we have these strikes. Because writers know that these chatbots and other artificial intelligence can write shows in their place. Also, actors know that they can be artificially put onto a screen. We watch movies now and sometimes I don't even know if we think about it. We'll watch a movie and they will make an actor look 30 or 40 years younger. Now, they say, well, we still have to use the actor because we haven't gotten so far now that we can just create a person on screen. So we still got to use the actor but it doesn't sound like it'd be far off. And that's why you have these actor strikes too. Because there's also on the web a video of Morgan Freeman speaking about this very subject. And in that video it says, I am not Morgan Freeman. It looks like Morgan Freeman. It talks like Morgan Freeman. It gestures like Morgan Freeman. But it's artificial intelligence. That's a scary thought. And we've probably seen some of the movies like uh, as of late. We've had Mission Impossible. In addition to that, we've also had Indiana Jones in which Harrison Ford at 80 years old spent the first 20 minutes on screen looking like he did when he was 40. Absolutely amazing. And it's it's awesome in a movie, 
but very scary in reality. How much longer will it be before we have to copyright ourselves because someone can become us? Also, AI systems can be vulnerable to attacks and the malicious use of them can pose significant security risks to, to not only companies, but to nations. And there's going to have to be effective regulations as these things are becoming to the point now that we're lagging behind. The advancements is coming. We're not ready. We're not ready for a machine to become a person. That is some scary thoughts. So it's important to note that there are many drawbacks, but there are also many advantages. And as these things are continue to be developed, as they are deployed, they're going to have to be regulation. And addressing these issues is going to require careful consideration, responsible development, and ongoing research and oversight. So for now, let's think about the positive advantages. Let's think about we get home and we ask Alexa or Siri to play our favorite song or order our product online. For now, maybe we don't have to think so much of the day when that very machine that's in our home that we talk to begins to take over. According to a database funded by the U.S. Department of Justice, it's entitled the National Missing and Unidentified Persons NAMUS database, which you could research for yourself by just typing in NAMUS. More than 600,000 people go missing annually. Approximately 4,400 unidentified bodies are recovered each year. And nationwide, there are roughly 6.5 missing persons for every 100,000 people. That's a lot of folks. And fortunately for us in the U.S., the vast majority of missing person cases are quickly resolved. For example, in 2021, there were 521,705 missing person cases reported and more than 485,000 of them were resolved within the year. And when we say resolved, it doesn't always go the way we wish. We wish we could say we found 485,000 people alive and well. But that's not always the case. The point that the government wants us to understand is that the case was resolved. Now, two, 
we have seen a steady decline. Since 1997, nearly a million people were reported missing. But in the last few decades, communication has made it easier to keep in touch with and track persons, allowing missing person reports to fall by over 40%. Still more than 20,000 missing person cases and 14,000 unidentified body cases remain open. As I look at my computer and pull up that website that I was just telling you about, namus.gov, here you can see that missing person cases that are open are 23,586 as of June 2023. Open cases, just over 23,586. Resolved cases were 35,363. Unidentified persons, 14,497 unidentified person cases are open. 6,571 resolved. Unclaimed persons, 15,915 cases open, 3,062 resolved. And the numbers get even deeper as we start to look deep into where and how this happens. But the states with the most missing persons, the top 10 states high on the list is California, 2,000. 133. Florida, 1,252. Texas, 1,246. And then it starts to get under 1,000 as we get to the other states, Arizona, Washington, New York. Surprisingly, New York with 606 missing persons, much less than a third of, of uh, California. Michigan with 556. Oregon, Pennsylvania and Tennessee bring up the rear. Yet any missing person is a pain to their family, to those who love them. And as mentioned before, we can't say because the case is closed and resolved that it turned out happily for the person that went missing in there, their loved one. There's another number that the FBI has made all people aware of. And that is the fact that black people in the United States are highly among missing persons. The FBI tells us that while black people make up 14% of the U.S. population, they represent 37% of those missing. White people who make up 75% of the U.S. population account for 59% of missing people. So one race that's only 14% of the U.S. population is over a third of those missing. It doesn't stop there. 
is also an issue of, of age as well. Younger women are much more likely to be reported missing. While almost 380,000 individuals up until the age of 20 were registered as missing with the Federal Bureau of Investigation, that number was only around 170,000 for persons 21 years and older. So it's our younger ones that are missing. Out of those 20 and under who were reported missing, 54% were female, while that number was 39% for those over the age of 21. They claim that the number of missing young people is driven up by custodial disputes as well as runaways. These juveniles disappear on their own accord but can still be in great danger of sexual predators and those who participate in trafficking. For young black women 20 years of age or younger, these disparities mean that they make up just 2% of the U.S. population, just 2% of black women 20 years of age or younger, but they're more than 15% of those missing, around 80,000 people, 80 Vows. For comparison, these rates were 2% for black males up to the age of 20, 8% for white females, and 9% for white males, both aged 20 or below. And when we think of this, of course, the first thing comes into our mind is the case of the 25-year-old Alabama woman who faked her own disappearance. And there was much media fanfare and it was heavily criticized. The FBI said that that distracts us from the real problems that exist, the real missing cases, and the dynamics that are there in race, age, and gender. So if we take anything away from this, is that those who are missing, those that we need to talk to about being careful are young women in general and those within that sex to an even higher number are black females. Now, when we get to the fact that the number of those missing is 600,000 people annually, which is a number down from where it was over 30 years ago when that number was a million people annually, we have to ask ourselves, how did we get here? Our special interest and hobby, this segment will be smart homes and smart home devices. See, right now, a survey showed that 
There are 63.43 million households in the U.S. that are actively using smart home devices in 2023. Now, that's over 10% more than in 2022 and almost double the, the number in 2018. So as we continue to move forward in technology, and we've even discussed AI in this episode, we see more smart devices. Now, what is a smart home? Well, that's one in which you can control things inside your house, either by voice or by your device, and it makes your home more safe. But for a lot of people, they just like the technology. For me, when I come home on my smartphone, I can control the lights inside my house. I can also control my security system. In addition to that, I can unlock my front door. So my home is technically smart, but there are some homes that go well beyond that. They can control appliances, every single feature inside the home, including vacuum cleaners, washing machines, refrigerators, ovens. Yes, our world is becoming smarter by the minute. In addition to that, we have our smart TVs. And they're not necessarily all that smart to me, but they're a long way from where they used to be. You can actually talk to your remote control and turn to a particular channel or movie. You can also have that TV where it can bring in every application that's out there, just like a computer. And you can watch videos on your TV just like you can on your computer. So we see technology going a long way in making our homes comfortable, but they also make it very secure. To me, one of the most embarrassing things on a show named Shark Tank was the fact that the inventor of the ring doorbell was turned down by the sharks. Now, what do you think is going on in the global market with the video doorbell? Well, they said that it's projected to reach over 4.5 million homes within the next few years. At this point, it's at 2.8 million in market sales. Yes, many people have video doorbells right now. Matter of fact, it's kind of hard to imagine a house that doesn't. If you live on any street and you check houses as you drive by, most of them have a video camera there where the doorbell used to be. Some even have the ones that are flat floodlights on the side of the home, on the back of the home. that does the same as the ring in the front. 
Now, whether it's Ring itself or any other video doorbell, the market is massive and it's growing by the second. Now we see videos on the news where maybe somebody was um, pirating, porch pirating someone, and they got caught on that video. We've seen videos of, of UPS drivers and FedEx and such throwing packages on people's front porches. They're caught right there on camera. We've seen wild animals as well. And do you know what the first thing that a police officer does if it comes into the area and there's been some type of theft or there's been something on that street in that neighborhood, they start to look at the houses with the doorbells. Knock on those doors first and see if they can get that footage. So it's not just for showing gimmick, but it's also a security feature as well. As I feel too, with my door lock, that I can operate remotely from my phone. When I pull up, I've got groceries in hand. I can quickly unlock that, that door. And if it takes me a little bit too long, it locks itself back. Or there's someone standing beside me, I can give a certain code and it'll unlock it. But it'll call the police at the same time. So as we see all of this technology begin to increase, we're also seeing an increase in not only luxury with our Alexas and our series and our homes that automatically wash our clothes and turn on our ovens. So we have luxury, but we're also seeing that these devices are coming along that protects us and also helps to keep our neighborhoods secure even more. So it's not just a hobby and it's not just a special interest. It's becoming something that's changing our lifestyles forever. Our sunflower message today will be taken from a movie. Yeah, we've done songs, we've done poems, but also there are some movies out there that can give a happy message or at least a message that we can think about and implement into our lives maybe even changing how we think a little bit. From the movie, Lucky Number 11, actor Ben Kingsley said this as he was the rabbi, the unlucky are nothing more than a frame of reference for the lucky. You are unlucky, so I may know that I am not. Unfortunately, the lucky never realizes they are lucky until it's too late. Take yourself, for instance. Yesterday, you were better off than you are off today. But it took today for you to realize it. But today has arrived and it's too late. You see, people are never happy with what they have. They want what they had or what someone else has. Hmm. Words to think about. See, we don't want today to be too late. We want to realize how fortunate we are that we woke up today and we want to realize that we 
because we don't know what tomorrow may bring. And we don't want to worry about what somebody else has. We want to be happy with what it is that we have. At Dollar Sign, Live, Laugh, Talk on Cash App. You can donate to our podcast as well as at Live, Laugh, Talker on Twitter. In addition to that, on Spotify. When you listen to our podcast, right beside that play button is a donate button and you can feel free to do so as we put the money to good use to pay for equipment and other fees that you just don't see on the forefront. Only happens in the background. And those things are starting to escalate. So we really appreciate any and all help. And those who have helped, we do appreciate you looking out for us as well. Again, we want to mention that you can go to Etsy.com, search How Did We Get Here? And one of our listeners has an entire page that she has created in which she has T-shirts, coffee mugs, tote bags, and she's making even more things as we speak. Also, do not forget to let your friends, family, and colleagues know about us. And if you wear some of that swag, then explain what Live Laugh Talk is and what How Did We Get Here is and encourage them to listen as well. This is James and George's baby boy signing off. And as you know, I can't wait to talk with you again soon.